0: Do we have here, sir, to help Earth? Four hours until the DMA starts to hit. Well, the Mitchell is at Titan. Even with the entire colony on board, they won't hit capacity. It's a good idea. When
1: the Mitchell's done, get them back here to pick up as many additional refugees as they can. Yes, sir.
0: Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry, Admiral. I was just wondering, how many can we save, realistically? First contact fails. All of Titan. Maybe 450,000 off of Earth. Same with Navar this case. That's it. Please hurry, Michael.
1: I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, making untranslatable speeches to aliens that have nothing in common with us are...
2: Bill Boy-Wad. Notch Rudicus Baker. And
0: Emily Bowen-Marler. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we are covering the 13th episode, the season finale of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery Coming Home.
3: You can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Strange New Takes. Do us a favor and send us any of your
2: feedback on this episode. We love hearing from our listeners. And tell your friends about the pod. We love getting five-star ratings. That's how people find us on different uh, rating systems. And um, we'd like to hear from you as well.
4: And uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling this episode and uh, also reserve the right to spoil any other uh, preceding episode in the Star Trek canon.
1: Uh and yeah, with with that we're talking about uh the episode Coming Home, as Emily mentioned. It is the thirteenth episode of the fourth season of Discovery. It was first aired on the seventeenth of March, twenty twenty-two. It was written by Michelle Paradise and directed by Olotunde Osunsanmi, so a classic pairing that we've seen before. Uh yeah. So At this point, uh, I, we usually ask for uh, a general solicitation for strange new takes from anybody, but I'm going to take the stage first. uh, And I'm going to say uh, that my, well, I'm in an interesting position. I, uh, in the real world, I just, I have a cold now and I haven't had a cold, I think in like two years. And it's, Kind of a unique experience or something. Now I, I've I've like forgotten what it's like. I, I I sort of like I don't understand what's what's going on with my, I, and I I've given myself a couple of COVID tests and it seems fine. So I have a, a genuine cold, uh, and it is it is different. When do you uh, think
0: we'll stop giving ourselves COVID tests for? colds you know like when are we gonna <laughs> or, get to that
1: like a- any malady oh. <laughs> uh but yeah uh for my strange new take for the episode is this was discovery's worst season but contained within it was discovery's best season
2: and uh yeah that's how i mm, feel I mean, about this do you the well. Most part. <laughs> Oh, my God. So not just
0: season finale, but best season is contained within the worst season. Yes. Okay. Okay.
3: All right. I'll I'll jump in over here. The show on Netflix called Drive to Survive is a documentary about Formula One racing. It's a great show. You all should go watch it. It is basically what Keeping Up with the Kardashians is probably like. To the actual lives of the Kardashians, although maybe they're they are closer to similarity than sometimes. Drive to Survive is to Formula One. It dramatizes a lot of stuff, and the, the subreddits are filled with people being like, "Ugh, I can't believe Drive to Survive like messed this up or like dramatized this or like changed this about the thing." Wasn't the racing uh, popular enough? To which my answer is, no, it wasn't <laughs> because Drive to Survive has brought millions of fans to Formula One. So if you don't want to watch the show, don't watch it. But like. You know, sometimes if something is real, this is, this is my core message here. The more you learn peace. If sometimes something is really successful and helping bring new fans and new people who are interested to your like favorite franchise or sport or whatever, just shut up. Let it happen. You don't need to get into it. Uh, and I'll slip seamlessly into my discovery take which there are a lot of people out there who really like discovery. And I will just at times shut up and let them enjoy it. Um, that day is not today. But it really, <laughs> sounds <sometimes>. cool's
1: <laughs> well, not, not a good day they're recording like a podcast, discovery. you'll shut up. <laughs>
3: right, when, it, when I'm not like on a recap show or, or like I'm supposed to talk about discovery, I will criticize it a bit. But I will keep things in perspective and not just be like, "Ugh, why don't they just bring back Brandon Braga and Rick Berman and put everybody in those TNG outfits, just trot them out of storage, bring in all those 60, 70, 80 year old actors and let's just make TNG season eight. I'm not going to
2: say that. We want to hear you. We want to hear you doing a war rendition of today is not a good day. The discovery <laughs> or life discovery something like no, that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go next. And before I jump into my strange new take, um, I'll agree with you, Nudge, strive to survive has helped F1 survive. Full stop. I can't disagree with that. Um, I had a, I don't know if y'all use the ads free version of the Paramount Plus app or the ads version of the Paramount Plus app. Um, I had the most fun time over the last two days watching um, these episodes. They were about an hour each. I spent another hour trying to get through stuck ads on the <laughs> ads free version. Um, I cannot put into words my anger and frustration <laughs> to switch to the... Ads free version to even complete these episodes. Paramount Plus, come on, man, build a build an app that that works. Um, and my take for this um, this episode. I am excited to see where season five goes. Let me just leave it at that.
0: Well, you know, I didn't realize until today that apparently there's like a certain kind of shape you need to be in to mow the lawn because I can't believe how worn out I was mowing the stupid lawn today. And I work out all the time. Like it's not like I sat on my butt all winter long and didn't work out. No, no, I worked out, but Goodness gracious, pushing that stupid lawnmower. I was like, why isn't this working? I don't understand. Part of it's because I bagged all the grass because it was the first mowing of the season and we're getting ready to treat the lawn and everything. So that does make the lawnmower heavier. But I mean I have a I have an electric lawnmower. Like, I don't know. I gotta up my workout game, I guess, in order for me to be able to mow more easily. So I felt very humiliated. But um and my strange new take for the episode is I mean, Sonequa Martin-Green, I don't know that I've seen better acting and more emotions cross a person's face in 10 seconds than what she did at the midway point. I, I mean, like, I if I had not been sitting next to my husband and knowing that he would turn and look at me, I would have been ugly crying in that moment because of her performance. It was just like amazing. So anyway, that was like my big takeaway from the episode. I liked the episode, but that was I just thought that was phenomenal. That is some of the best acting I have ever seen in Star Trek. It was so good. Okay. Um, so I've been on a,
4: a little bit of a bender, like just being obsessed, learning about the Cold War. And maybe you guys already know this. I So the October Revolution happened in November. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but they still used the the Julian calendar? Uh, at the time. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Wow, November 7. Nice. It was that's, a, that's a good fa- That's a strange new take, man. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> um
4: yeah, for this episode, you know, it was it was a Star Trek Discovery season finale. And <laughs> that's what it was. If you're expecting something different, you shouldn't um it was fine
3: (laughs) so you basically it's like the version of the office birthday party where they say it is your birthday right
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was fine i liked some parts of it other parts were kind of dumb
1: well uh S- speaking of dumb
0: the, the Adam I fear the... you and I are outnumbered on this
1: <laughs> uh, well it's something that, that I noticed uh, on because uh, I as I was preparing to read this episode summary I realized that the episode summary looked like it could have been from the previous episode but I think actually the episode summary for both this episode and the previous one are almost the same because they don't want to be uh giving spoilers for like what actually happens in the episode. They're both about like DMA approaches Earth and Navarre and then uh B- uh Burnham and the team try to do a thing and get into contact. So um here's what we're gonna do for this week as the DMA approaches Earth and Navarre. With evacuations underway, Burnham and the team aboard USS Discovery must find a way to communicate and connect with a species far different from their own before time runs out and in parentheses, season finale. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I, I've kind of gathered together some, some like, uh, story beats and maybe themes a little bit for us to just tackle uh, one after the other. So uh, I think we, we start out here with uh, Vance and Tilly uh, aboard the, the USS HQ. Um, how did every, uh, like, w- was that surprising to people that this was actually a ship?
0: I didn't even realize what it was when it first was going through. I was like, is that like part of the DMA traveling? Like, is that what the power source looks like? I, I just, I don't know that I fully knew what HQ looked like from the outside. And so I was just really confused. <laughs> so so it,
2: did they call it Starfleet HQ or Federation HQ? Or was there a, or was it like literally USS HQ? <laughs> I didn't catch that.
1: Oh, no, I, I, I made that up. <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, they call it, I think they call it, Federation, but they always say hq when they're talking about it yeah uh at least we always call it hq when we are talking about it i think referencing an episode uh but yeah i i, <clears> I remember when i i had that same kind of double take of like what am i looking at uh and uh it, it reminded me a little bit of the jellyfish uh from uh to star trek 2009 uh but um it it was not that but maybe it has some vulcan architecture in there or something or whatever it is that the jellyfish was um yeah, i think okay. the comics said that jordy built it but uh it, jordy does lots of things in the comics and then they never let him do the things in the in the movies or the shows like get a girlfriend <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> then. Uh, isn't there a deleted scene where he's he's with somebody in, at the wedding and they like he's not with anybody at the wedding uh, like, <laughs> this, is, this is this is too hard to believe we have to cut it from the movie. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah! I will, so- I will defend. I will defend Jordy in case he designed this to say it was an elegant design. It kind of reminded me of the spindle from uh, um, what's that? I forget the name um, uh, what was the? What was the? What was the Fairdale? Um, it's not Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's not Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Sleeping, the other Beauty. Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> I thought that was
0: what you were talking about, but then I thought maybe you were referencing a spaceship <laughs> in, a, in a science fiction show that I wasn't
1: familiar with. So. Delightful. Uh, well, I, I guess what we also we have a little bit of a uh, a, a reveal. I, I guess uh, Tilly is now done teaching the students and they're not cadets anymore. Uh, did, did this... How do we feel about the return of Tilly uh, just for this episode?
0: I was glad to see her.
1: I was happy to see her, but
3: I think... I don't know if any of the parts that they did at Earth with the evacuation and all that really mattered in the grand scheme of things. Like, we knew that that was happening over there, and I'm Hmm. not sure I needed to see Vance and Tilly kind of... it, It... I think I enjoyed last week because it was very much focused on what Discovery was doing. It was focused on 10C. And mm-hmm. every time we saw the stuff at Earth, I feel like I got taken out of the action a little bit. It's nice to see Tilly, but it's also a little bit weird. We haven't heard from her in like several episodes. We don't, we have no idea what she's been doing. And suddenly she's back. It felt very much like she was just there because of fan service, which I guess it felt a little for me ham fisted. I'll just put that. Hmm.
0: I thought though, um, I thought it was nice seeing how much Vance was willing to sacrifice to save people. And that was something we wouldn't yeah. have seen had they not been able to warp, you know, the headquarters and all of that. But so I thought that was kind of nice to see him be heroic like that, because we haven't really had many instances where that would happen.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I, something that I appreciated out of just like getting a bit of the sequence uh, with, with Earth was showing us kind of the futility of like, even in Star Trek times, you're not going to evacuate billions of people from a planet, like kind of on any timeline scale, but especially not on a, oh, it's, uh, it started happening a few days ago uh, and it's going, and like an extinction event is going to happen in the next few hours. Um, uh, Cause I, I started reading the, uh, the first book from the Picard series, uh, which is uh, very uh Hit, hit or miss uh so far but what something that's really interesting to me is that it uh it deals with the evacuation effort uh of the romulan empire uh and sort of pointing out that like there are many planets that have uh hundreds of millions or billions of people and even uh on the timeline of like uh it seems like they knew about the Hoba supernova uh many years in advance even given years uh evacuating that many people is kind of impossible uh and uh so i i I liked getting to see the limitations of our technology a little bit uh in this sequence even though um yeah maybe we didn't need to spend quite as much time or it was kind of a, a bit arbitrary having uh tilly be back uh I still liked the the motionality of the of the scene and and getting to see a, a a bit more of those characters. So
0: well, and didn't they say it was like four hundred and thirteen people that they were able to? I mean, it was like a really small number of people. Four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I meant yeah. thousand. Yeah, but yeah, I mean maybe, that's a that's a really small number. <laughs> I was like, how many yeah. people live on Earth right now? Like
2: ten million, it? then maybe who knows? Um, I I actually feel. I liked the cut over to the evacuation. I felt it was was um, a, a good balance. Uh, I liked seeing Vance and Tilly. Um, I thought they could have done more with the evacuation in in. Well, they tried to 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 impress upon the gravity of what was going on. I felt it wasn't scripted right, like that. Now that cadet, I forget who he was, was like. Only four hundred and fifty thousand dollars right yeah yeah, <laughs> so you you, you kind of can do the math in your head right, in general, you're not gonna expect billions to evacuate if it's just a civilian, you'd probably figure, you, you wouldn't know, um so maybe, the, maybe you maybe could have done with a little better sense of gravity of getting people out and the loss behind it and all of that,, mm-hmm. um, but it was good it was good to cut to that and good to see Vance and until i felt well, let
3: me also put it this way. I think some of my opinion is also driven by what we didn't see in the Discovery arc. For example, some of the, the evolution in the language, which we'll get to in a, in a later part in more detail. Yeah, for so, sure. So, I think I think generally, maybe maybe the way I can put it is, it would be nice to have this Tilly-Vance stuff be its own side plot. And if we had switched to it as soon as Discovery beams away. and Because they get the message. So, maybe the very next episode is an entire episode about Tilly and Vance planning... Hmm. the evacuations and then we get one in Discovery then we go back like if we had whereas here it just felt very uh, it felt kind of like I, 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 got, I, I guess for me it felt very much like this was supposed to tee off the stakes for the episode like it was supposed to make what Discovery was doing more intense and I didn't need that but as Emily pointed out there was a very good piece of Vance that we haven't previously seen mm-hmm. we have seen Tilly do some of this stuff and <laughs> Um, the other missed opportunity, I think, in this side of the plot was we didn't actually see those cadets do anything interesting. They were one and done and out of here to the point where I was like, why would we even see them again? Like, they they should have stayed behind. Maybe we could have seen some more heroes. I don't know. I just, I guess I was left with some feelings of missed opportunities, um, but I can see why
1: my feelings would be my own and other people really enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think that's a fair point about the cadets, uh, though, because they they even had that explicit uh moment we like, what can we do? And I think someone said like a vague thing, but we didn't see them do anything. <laughs> it was uh the the thing that they that they did was ask the question about the population that they were able to save uh so that the audience could get like a sense of the scale. But uh yeah, so uh we we cut back to uh or we are going to cut back because I I think uh for the most part we we can leave this part uh where it is. Uh we we have this bit of um Escape uh, via uh, Catcaller collar, uh, and uh, in in book ship. Uh, I guess uh, ha, ha, definitely they had to escape somehow. Did this feel like sufficiently like we we Star Trek ourselves, ourselves a solution here? <clears throat> Not just giving me a thumbs up. So we're going to move I on to the next one. I didn't subject.
3: want to just jump in and like, and I feel like I was talking a lot in the, the last thing there. Fair. So I don't want to, I didn't want to just go in. Fair? Hey, you're supposed to be like, no, no. Oh, no. no. Was, oh, was, we really, <laughs> really like hearing from you. Just kidding. Uh, no, my thing was, that was awesome. I liked it. I thought that was a great use of grudge towards a... A critical plot element whereas previously she'd be like ha look at this cat there's a cat in space that's hilarious which yeah. yeah it is hilarious and it's awesome so i don't want to say that i've hated grudge up to this point but i thought this was a really cool kind of plot element to introduce us to i i did not expect it i thought it was really cool it yeah, made agree. sense
0: that it could not only help them escape from where they were but then get through the personal force field that uh tarka had set up around himself because you know he had double protection at least <clears throat> yeah
4: yeah i thought i so this season i haven't really gotten that into the tarka booker uh plot line but i actually in this episode i actually liked liked it a lot i thought it was pretty well executed in general and the um the escape i mean there's so many ridiculous star trek escapes Adam I think you were alluding to that but I, I I'm just remembering this one from TOS where they just have like a crystal and then this like metal plate from the that they rip out of the bed frame and Spock you you know using his like superior intellect is able to make it into like a laser that they cut the bars with <laughs> so I was hoping for something more like that but the the cat collar thing I guess is okay <laughs>
1: Uh, I did seem feel like that there was a, a suspicious amount of, like, uh, I don't trust the other people on this very small ship, uh, and so I'm going to do my very best to never look at them just in case they are trying to do something against me, uh, <laughs> where even if I glanced at them, I would notice that they're, like, currently communicating with Discovery or they're building this uh, escape device.
0: You know, there's something else that just dawned on me. Because, yes, there was a, a suspicious amount of Lack of looking at the two prisoners that he had, but given, I don't really think Tarka felt that good about what he was doing. So I think I wonder if he wasn't mm. looking at them because that was a reminder that he really was going too far. Because I, I feel like I actually felt some sympathy for Tarka in this episode, um, yeah. and that's that was another bit of good acting. I mean, for sure, he I would like, man, he's a great actor because he just makes me want to, like, smush his face to, like, oh, you know, like, I just, he drives me crazy, but, like, that scene when he and Booker were down on the ground, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he was just trying, like, we, we, you know, we just can't do this. I don't know. I just really felt for him there, and I just wonder if maybe that was why he wasn't looking at them, because he knew, he just knew that he shouldn't be doing what he was doing, but he had gone this far, and he just yeah. had to keep going, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, because I... I, i've i've gone i've i've gone back and forth on his character for for a lot of this season and when we got a bit of like we actually delved into his background in that that episode where we we visited the prison uh since then i've had uh a lot i felt a lot more connection with him and, and this episode i i was surprised with how much i was um i i was touched by like how things were going be uh, between him and book um which i i guess uh, we we can go into that point uh here which is uh the this the speech that uh or the sort of the the argument that uh, that reno gives to both book and tarka is essentially highlighting that like they're gone um how, how did do, how does everyone feel about uh using that as like the prime argument for uh talking Tarka down and also uh making sure that book kind of stays on side with uh uh the new plan to thwart the destruction of the of uh
2: the 10c so i don't really know if Tarka was looking for um a mirror universe or alternate universe version of his friend or was thinking that his friend had actually jumped universes um so that kind of blurred the lines a little bit in terms of mm-hmm. his perception obviously for um books family and planet they're gone in this universe though so he was trying to make that case um uh, but but I, I felt like there was a little bit of confusion on whether he was trying to find another version of his friend and then he really knew that that his friend had been lost mm. um, in this universe or he was, he was so sure that that person had left because you remember that symbol that he found on the mm-hmm. wall? Yeah. Like, uh, the prison cell. So I didn't quite, fi- I didn't quite feel, I understood if he was looking at one way or the other for his friend. Mm.
1: Yeah. It, it, it seems like, like at least part of the like once he started arguing like your family and your planet will still will still be there yeah i I, I got that same kind of sense of a, a crack in his argument because like maybe he's he's hoping that his friend truly is there but is also gonna be okay with a copy of him um which uh is interesting i I, I do think that there is there's there's a bit of a weird um we've turned some things into kind of red herrings uh based on this yeah. re- the resolution here because like we had that cloaked ship that was leaving the prison uh and also we have that that bit of hope of, of like the carved symbol there um and I, I i just i wonder if if the season would have been better served by trying to at least have the have the audience like more in on like Tarka's trying to convince himself of something that isn't reasonable to believe
3: yeah and and
1: i i think we saw that with a couple of other elements in this
3: episode as well, where things that had been one way in the past were changed in this episode mm-hmm. to the language thing, again, being the most obvious, but w- we saw some shifts in what they'd established to the point where you wonder if when they came to this episode, they were like, hey, our justifications just aren't good enough for this or that. So we need to retcon. And I use that word very lightly here. Um because yeah, it, it definitely seemed like Tarka was a true believer, and that he didn't—he hadn't let on up to this point that maybe his friend hadn't made it, and he was trying to convince himself, um, rather than it being kind of a uh, what we've just been talking about, basically.
2: I think there's two ways to look at it. If if we're trying to close up on this point, one is, um, he suddenly had a moment of weakness that we can't really. Um, make sense of because if somebody is so determined for so many episodes, breaking so many rules and not caring about so many things, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't quite fit and therefore bad writing. The other, the other way to look at it is, you know, when push comes to shove and you are at the moment of truth, you, um you have a moment of weakness. So I don't know which one it is
1: speaking of a uh, moment of weakness uh, I, I think this is a, a perfect time for us to uh, take a break and then uh, we will deal with some of the weakness that we are sensing in Rudy's uh, internet connection at the moment uh, <laughs> join us back in a bit
0: look I know we don't see eye to eye on this but this doesn't just have to be about my home Quajana will be there too you could
1: come with me we'll get your family back Kaim, Lido.
0: No, he won't. Because they're gone. Anyone in your universe can look the same, laugh the same, want their sandwiches cut diagonally with exactly two pickles on the side. But Kaim isn't there. Neither is Lido or my wife or anyone else we've lost.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I thought that w- the way we should kick this off is... This episode had a number of moments in it where I wondered uh should we have killed this character or not? Uh so let's let's just go through the list here. So uh Detmer. Uh we had that moment where uh where Detmer has that that possibility of like we we know that she's a a, a fantastic pilot and has this opportunity to have that like big hero moment. Did people yes. want that? Yes. Yes
0: she's such a badass though I would have been sad but I will say I was okay with um, Ndoye stepping up to do it because I think that was her penance like she was that yeah. was the penance she wanted to pay for um, kind of betraying them or you know anyway but then Ndoye should have died
1: yeah it, it felt a little weird to me that we, we did that switch but then we also didn't Follow through on Endoye either, because uh, it, it it seems like we could have easily have done that with uh, uh, with Detmer, but maybe that would be too many like people that we try to transport at the last minute and then we try to not reveal that they were totally safe uh, uh, a little bit later. But
3: yeah, so I, I don't know if you want to go through your list of characters or talk about that a little bit more. The the kind of let's let's
1: d- dive into it a little bit more
3: yeah so this was i think my biggest issue with this episode in a structural sense um and why i didn't enjoy it as much as last week because i think it's cowardly writing to not kill off characters like especially someone even like like forget detmer like i thought Mm -hmm. it was detmer's moment to shine and sometimes it's hard to have a talented actor get fired because they can't have that role anymore and like Mm -hmm. i understand that and i want to keep our group together but this was a moment where Detmer's entire arc of being somebody who had been hurt at the Battle of the Binary Stars come back with these implants and like built herself up to be somebody, overcome mm-hmm. PTSD. It was, it was leading up to this moment. And it would have been so powerful and it would have tugged at our heartstrings as, as viewers in a very authentic way. Even to have Nadoya do it, fine, that's a little bit weaker in my opinion, but that would have also been very good. Like, she's the one who caused the accident, she took ownership of it, time to redeem herself. But she gets beamed out, then Book dies, and you're like, okay, finally, we've got a a character who has been, you know, I don't like the way that they've treated Book this season. Basically, like Emily's (laughs) been saying, made him out to be this idiot who can't see Tarka's deceit coming from like (laughs) 700 miles away. But... Maybe it's this tragic thing where even he's dead. The final member of a species dies because of some callous action. Oh,
0: that's ac- even worse, gosh.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah, But yeah. it's, again, these are all authentic feelings. And instead, <clears> what <throat> we get is the show, I don't think this is what they wanted to do, but they're toying with our feelings. And it, every time I felt like there was something powerful that had just happened on the screen, rather than two actors going and having a sidebar and saying, this is a very emotionally powerful moment for me. I'm feeling very emotionally powerful. And they can't be like, that's okay. Our emotions are something that we have to talk about. This was actually emotions being out there authentically. And Mm -hmm. every single time we pull it away, Tarka's the only guy who dies in this episode. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, TV has evolved past the 90s where we can't do this to our main characters, where it's unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, as viewers, we deserve to have those emotional moments be... um, be something where it's not just okay we've introduced this character to kill them so we've given you something you know, you joke about it adam sometimes yeah where we, where we deserve to see people we love like real life happen to them sometimes you know and I, I i didn't see that like for a show that emphasizes how tough the world can be and how it's okay to have your emotions in response to that i feel like it's very inauthentic then to not give us authenticity in that in this moment
1: yeah, I, no. I I think that's that's fair because we there's also could have been an opportunity for us to kind of close the chapter or one chapter on a character in a way that has been set up, but it's been set up over a very long arc. Whereas discovery usually when they do this is it's we get every that we get the backstory for the established character like all in one go and then we kill him. Um, and I I feel like uh, if we had killed off Detmer, we wouldn't have had to do so to to Endoyer. And we also maybe wouldn't have needed to uh, to kill Booker or, or anything like that. Uh, that, that. That there was, um, we could still have those like deep emotional moments and uh, a lot of the same scenes in this episode. But it, uh, I guess, that there would have been a lot of interesting fallout for for season five for us to, for our characters to deal with the loss of Detmer and like the impact that she had, and like that could be a season in its in itself, or at least a major plot point.
2: What 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 would you have for each of you? What have pulled at your heartstrings the most in terms of like the most emotional loss? Which character would have been the most emotional? Would have been would have been Detmer from this list? Or, or I think book,
0: book. I think book would have. I don't know. I think book would have been as far as because of who this who this show is focusing on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who um not that not that Burnham wouldn't have been so. I have, okay, here are the thoughts that I've had, because last week I said I didn't want them to kill Book because I felt like um, they have just taken so much from Burnham. Like that's, you know, Mm -hmm. she's the central figure of the show. Now, granted, sometimes life does that. Sometimes people don't have a happy ending and they don't, you know, they do lose all the people in their lives. So that is reality. But I watch television to escape from reality. (laughs) And so I'm okay Mm. with the main character not constantly having things ripped from her grasp, you know. So she's lost her parents. I mean, she gets her mother back. But, but you know, from a young age, she loses her parents. She, um, you know, has a broken relationship with her brother. They're able to restore it. And then she's taken away from him because she has to go off into this future. She loses the first love of her life. Um, and then she's now she's lost the second love of her life. Right. So there are just all these things. And but they were setting it up at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. that she needed to have that that this was coming, that she yeah. was going to have to realize that she couldn't save everyone that just that was not going to be the way that that life is going to turn out you're going to lose people um and so in that sense it was it was really interesting as i was watching this episode i told travis i said it was actually i think i would have been really unsatisfied this is a terrible way to say it but i can't Mm -hmm. come up with a better way um i would have been it would have felt really unsatisfying had book not died in that moment or had that you know had that moment on the bridge not happened when he Kind of blinks out of existence, yeah. Um, because it just felt like there needed to be that kind of like what you were saying, Notch. Um, like it, it, it just it it wouldn't have been earned, right? You know. So that moment really, there needed to be something to kind of cap that moment. Now, and which surprised me because I didn't want Book to die, yeah. And I didn't want her to face that, but I was like, no, I think this can be okay. I was actually totally okay with them bringing him back because we're watching Star Trek, y'all. I mean, that's totally <laughs> within the realm of possibility that mm. his transporter, you know, his, um, pattern. you know, his pattern was saved and somehow could be rematerialized. We have had that happen so many times in Star Trek that we, you know, it shouldn't have yeah, been surprising yeah. that this happened, especially when you have a species as advanced as 10C that they would have you know, captured that and thought, you know, well, we're going to keep this and whatever. So it just, it totally made sense to me. Um, but now that I've heard Notch give his perspective, I do think maybe they should have killed Detmer. Um, because I think it almost made cause I thought, well, you know, they did, they did have book die or at least have Burnham mm-hmm. have that experience. Um, so that she could recognize that, you know, sometimes that's going to happen, but there was something really important about Burnham basically ordering detmer to her death
1: yes it, you know it, for, and that me, was a it, big it, it step of like, growth for her yeah like and that would have been a huge call but like a just like the the lesson that we learned uh when um uh, it i forget what the name of the episode is but in this uh, seventh season of of next generation where the lesson is basically in order to be competent in command and and be be trustworthy oh, with, yeah. you need to Troy. be comfortable with sending someone to their death. And in that case, it was sending Jordy to his death. Uh, And like, even if that person is like a very close friend to you. And um, so I, I, when I, when I sensed that they were about to do that, I I was like, Oh, huge respect points for, for this, uh, this team of writers that they were like actually going to do it. And I, I I think I'm still okay with, with the outcome here, but I, uh, I, I think that, I, I think this episode deserved to have one of these deaths pay off, and not it just be uh, the villain of the of the season be the one that gets killed because that always happens, um, and uh, yeah, so um, I think uh, that's, the way that's I a see good... it,
2: sorry, just just jump in. The way I see it, um, book was I think they made a mess of book and Tarka's characters over the last few episodes, anyways, right? So him dying would not have been cathartic. Him coming back made it worse. It makes me feel very underconfident about what they're going to do with him next season. Um, they mm-hmm. built Detmer up over a couple of episodes, right? The Rosetta episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so you had a little bit of emotion there and, and not alluded to the PTSD thing. Um, and, and this is why like, I know you guys are not comfortable. This is why I was okay with them even killing Reno off, right? Because she was the one advising Tarka and Book, right? And that's the person Mm. you end up losing, you know, trying to save everything. Um, It would have have felt more meaningful just by killing Book and bringing him back. It just further exacerbates this confused writing perception I have around, Mm. you know, characters like him.
1: I I I think that's that's fair mentioning cuz yeah I I had uh called out the writers saying like please don't kill Reno uh, that's unacceptable. <laughs> I, I I did have that brief moment during this episode where it was like I mean if if you're going to do it like this is an episode where where you can do it like uh, Reno gave a, a really compelling argument uh and and sort of talked about how flatly like she doesn't want to go to that universe where her her wife is still alive because it's not her wife um and it's uh so i yeah i i i i felt uh however much i've i've been able to like criticize the different points uh throughout this season i think that for me all of these emotional moments in this episode felt earned uh i didn't have a lot of like why are you why are you pumping up the music here like what why are why are we like crying all of a sudden like i i felt uh i was with there in those emotional moments for for pretty much the whole episode Um,
0: I guess. Oh, I was gonna say one more thing. There is. Now, the speeches did go on a little, you know, not that they were terrible speeches, but and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I do have to say, there was something that book brought to that, that the others weren't thinking as much about all they were focused on was stopping the DMA. And book, it was actually really important for Booker to offer the perspective. No, it's still causing damage. Like, like Mm. you can't just not have it be in our world and it's suddenly okay. Like you need to take a look at why you're doing this and what you're, you know, shielding yourselves from and, and just anyway. So I felt there were actually some really important things that he brought to that conversation that obviously he wouldn't have been able to brought. And I don't know that anyone else was in the headspace to have thought of that um so
3: 100 percent. and i wonder if that's the like reshoots that they did they killed him and then they were like watching it back and like oh we got this great idea and we filmed the next season so we'll, we'll make him go off and do some stuff at the at the end there so he doesn't appear next season except for college or something but anyway the, that being the the point i 100 percent agree with you um on the fact that book's moment in that final scene was the most poignant mm. Mm. um so i want to i want to echo that want to dial back just like a half minute from there, though. So last episode, one of my favorite things that they did was that whole Linkos conversation, how they had to stretch themselves to stalk through this kind of complicated language, the authenticity. I think, Rudy, you mentioned, you know, Mm Arrival. And we were talking about how it's more hard sci-fi. Bill, I don't know if you've got takes on that. And Adam, Bill and Adam, just generally, I'd love to hear what y'all think about Tennessee at some point because we haven't talked about that and the whole reveal. But I enjoyed that there was some authenticity in... That this is different. This is not routine Star Trek. And then suddenly yeah. this episode is like, oh, we're just having profound conversations about philosophy and like what we want. And that combined with then species, so that took me out of it a little bit, out of the experience. And then to see Book rematerialize, I just burst out laughing because I was like, they did it again. They did it with Culbert. Now they're doing it with him. And so I, I'm i really glad that they made Book's rejuvenation matter by giving him then that more profound thing. Yeah. Um, I would have maybe cut the epilogue a little bit just because I feel like we ending on that like more profound beat would have been kind of interesting rather than having then, you know, 12 minutes. It's like Lord of the Rings, right? Where it's like it just goes on, <laughs> and, on and on and on and on and you're like, oh, what's Stacey Abrams doing here as Gandalf? <laughs> so, anyway.
2: Did, did you guys like what was the rationale of Saru being the translator I kind of missed that maybe it was introduced a couple of episodes before last episode but that he just
0: spoke so many languages they made some comment about he that was a specialty
2: but I
1: I think it is fair to still call out like that why are we giving it to Saru when Dr. Harai is a character that was created specifically to do this and he didn't do any of it Um, and he was very
0: disappointed about that too when when he was asked (laughs) to stay behind he was like
1: you know (laughs) Yeah. That. So. Yeah. I. I mean, he he was a compelling character to me. Like, it, they even gave him like a, a specific character trait of like, uh, uh, my mm-hmm. wife Jenny was noticing in every single scene, like, why is he always eating? He's <laughs> <It's, laughs> just like eating almonds or whatever. The, like the in every single scene this season, and it, no it, blood he did he didn't turn into a a villain or whatever because that was <clears> him <throat> hatching an evil plan. He didn't he didn't get to translate anything. He explained why it was hard. Uh. And then it turned and, out, as, as Notch said, it did turn out to not be hard. At
2: the end. I think the writers have a problem with stuck-up, self-obsessed, smart people, right? Like, you could see a little bit of Tarka <laughs> in, in in this doctor. Because I think Tarka was also eating at times and being very, like, aloof and, uh, you know, smarter mm-hmm. than thou in the earlier episode. So. But I totally thought it should have been him. I mean, all he had to do was, like, just translate back and forth. He didn't need to put any emotion or character into it um and so anyway.
1: yeah we could have had him typing instead of like i don't know that saru was doing much besides like i'm typing that and uh yeah but uh i i guess that that gets into um so i i think yeah this is a reasonable point for me to to give my take or, or whatever on species 10c i i was very intrigued and uh and was very into a lot of these concepts like that uh I was really excited when it turned out, like, oh, they don't have a concept of, like, being separate from each other. And uh, that was something that is just, um, it was very interesting to me. And uh, I guess what what felt weird to me is that we have this reveal where they have uh, kind of nothing in common with us. And it seemed like the next scene was, uh, we were then able to talk to them about uh all of these bizarre concepts that should be completely uh uh, unintelligible to them
4: um that was one of the dumb parts sorry uh, can i just riff on that for a second yeah for sure yeah i mean like we were one but then they were two and it's like i speak english i don't even know what she's talking about right it's a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it like, it kind of reminded me of, um, like, do, do you, are you guys familiar with Festivus from Seinfeld?
0: Yeah.
4: Yes. You know, at Festivus, there's the airing of the grievances, right, where you can just get up. and t- so It kind of felt like that. It's just like anybody who wants to, like, get up here and make a pissed-off speech at 10C, like, well, you know, <laughs> we'll be here for a while. So if you just want to, you know, <laughs> take take a crack at it, feel free. It was, that whole thing
2: was, like, very... I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't work for me at all. <clears throat> she was like, the other one was my only one and he was my one or something. like right, that. Right. So yeah. We just... <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of ones. Yeah. Um, What did you feel about uh, the species? We get to see them in much more detail, you know, huge floating jellyfish kind of creatures. Adam, I know you've seen alien worlds. I haven't gone through all of it. Was this the gas giant that they were on? So like, you know, Gravity, yeah, so so had to be something pressure. to float.
1: Yeah, I I I love the the creature design here, and 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 I uh, like Bill called out like that it it makes no sense to have like such a low bandwidth way of communicating. But I, I thought it was an interesting uh since they paired the hydrocarbons and pheromone stuff with the like light patterns. I thought that was a, that was an interesting way to solve that problem of like it's dumb to just like uh, huff emotions uh as like your only means of communicating with each other. <laughs> it was pretty clever.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I like the 10C. Uh Nachi,
1: you, you you mentioned uh at, at the beginning that you were you had some stuff you wanted to get into uh about uh uh spending so much time with Vance and Tilly versus uh the the translation part of the 10C the episode. But I think I think this just generally goes
3: to my feelings about this the most compelling parts of the season have been the very beginning and the very end well not the very beginning cuz some of the early episodes <laughs> i did not like but like you know, kind
1: of, we, we rated the very beginning of 4 or something right, like right. That.
3: Okay. <laughs> i mean not the very beginning very beginning but oh, but uh, kind, of, kind of those middle episodes where they were doing the diplomacy and then mm-hmm. the end and the worst parts of it were kind of the casino episode and all of the like <laughs> intermediate stuff that we had yeah. to do um And I, I, I'm just, again, I think my theme throughout the season has been, I wish we had more time for these things. I wish we had spent an episode even further decoding communication, learning how to communicate yeah. with 10C, because that was cool. And, and I, I really enjoyed the reveal of 10C. And I liked how this the place that they had been in before was a dead version of this alive thing. So it, it seemed even more real that when we saw the alive version... Yeah. Reflect on the dead version. Um, so I liked it. I even liked the part where we learned that they are kind of a cohesive sequence, and I was like, "Oh, we like the Borg," and then they address that in the series. So yeah, there was a lot that I liked, and I just wish we'd had so much more time to spend with it. And this is why the whole Tilly Vance thing just it didn't hold a candle up to any of that, and I felt like we missed more interesting things to go look at what they were doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 fair. Uh, like it seemed to be that it, it's and i've I've mentioned this several times in other episodes too is uh I think like the the constant upping of stakes is actually undermining uh a lot of the the story and structure of of discovery because I mean I think we could have still been panicking if the dMA was going to destroy Earth in a couple of months and uh but we need to learn how to talk to this completely unintelligible species yeah. like we could have had an interesting episode. Sort of at least earning the, our right to give them speeches about uh, how he was my one, and then we were two, and now uh, I I need to have another one uh, so that we can be one again. Like I that, that uh, I I kind of like Emily said, I I sort of put on my hat of like I know that I am watching a Star Trek episode, so I am just going to kind of accept this at this point, and and it, it didn't bother me that much, and it it was just sort of uh, I had that that silent wish in, in my heart of couldn't we have spent at least had uh more scenes of like oh we have this breakthrough with how we communicate with them and then that leads leads to like now we can talk about these kinds of concepts um but yeah uh one last point on that issue, which is that I I still am a little
3: confused on what Discovery wants to give us. Whether they want to give us a show that's focused on action, whether they want to give us a show that's focused on emotion, on morality, on philosophy, or Michael Burnham, and they they keep giving us little bits and bobs of each, mm-hmm. like. You know, you mentioned about the stake racing. Do we really need Tarka racing towards the hyperfield? Or could we have spent a month getting to No Species 10C? Would that have been a really compelling plot where it's like a science problem?
1: Where they have to science their way out of the situation. Kind of like the Martian maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, and he <laughs> could he could even get frustrated at the end of that month and go and try to blow them up. Uh, right, and we right. could have still had, like, yeah, a lot of the same or, plot or, points or, even. Or
3: maybe, maybe they get into the, the hyperfield or not the hyperfield, the, 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 they're in that orb space and Tarka decides to cooperate with Discovery because he's, you know, he, he realizes that this is, they're getting somewhere. I don't know. So I hope Discovery commits and they leave, you know, we were talking last week mm-hmm. about how Picard is kind of the grittier, action kind of violent show. Like, leave it to Picard. Just, just embrace yeah. who you are, which is an emotional show that deals with interpersonal relationships. Let's go in on that and let's just focus on it um and leave this the the other stuff to like prodigy and picard i don't know how you will feel about that that take but
2: i think it's a good summarizing take i feel very similarly so discovery has all the right ingredients it has a great cast like soniequa yeah. martin green when she lost book when she broke down that was real like i oh yeah the, the in like transporter loss, right? Like we've seen that in many other Star Trek episodes and, and series and movies. It was real. Um, Reno, uh, even Tarka and and, and and Book, right? David Ajala, I've seen him in Night Flyers. I really like his acting. Um, across the board, really good actors, really good production value. They just have to... I feel like they're not decisive, right? They're They're trying to do mm-hmm. a spread of things. We've seen it season after season. So that's why... It comes across as confusing to some of us, um, and that's what I'm looking forward to the next season because I, I feel it's another opportunity for them to to be focused and and use all these raw materials, these right ingredients to get a good Star Trek out. Uh,
1: spe- speaking of uh, next season, uh, was anyone else sad that this that season five isn't going to be? Uh, voyager but in the 32nd century <laughs> a little bit <laughs> like i I thought that was uh, i've I've kind of always hated the spore drive <laughs> and i I thought it would be really interesting to like that the the part of the purpose of this is like that we have we like get rid of it and, and then uh have well like we can sort of get to the point where we reinvent the spore drive at the end but um i I just thought it would be interesting to kind of try to have this We've saved we've saved the galaxy, but like now we need to get home. And like, how are we dealing with the emotionality of that? And I, it 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 would have been interesting to touch on some of those Voyager themes again, um, in a way where we kind of know what the ultimate solution is going to be. But um, uh, yeah, I was I was just sad to see that that wormhole just like pop up because the Ten C are uh infinitely powerful. <laughs> well, and and I mean, again, this is just one more thing that they
3: teased in this episode. Where I'm like you know, the the sport drive thing where we're, we're maybe going to get rid of it and the technology have been lost or whatever, but then at the end it's like, oh, we're going to get it fixed and everything's going to be fine again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they, they, there was maybe just this feeling of wanting to leave everything in one piece and not leave broken things at the end. I don't know if that was the old. They do that at
0: the end of every every season of Discovery, though.
3: Yeah, well, it, before, and the season three, mm. though, we've jumped at least. You know, there's some yeah. things that, you know... I, I don't know i you're right though that they they do they do have more of that impulse but yeah maybe maybe some broken pieces like it'd be okay but yeah it, it just Speaking makes everything of, uh, keeping oh, everything together wait, and, i think Bill was gonna you know? say something really quick oh.
4: it, i i agree notch and i it just makes everything super low stakes right when the writers are just like every time they do something they're like haha just kidding not really and then just take it back. It's like, LOL, nothing matters. Like, it, I mean, it's you know, it, it kind of makes it hard to get invested um, in the show. So, actually,
3: <clears throat> there's there's two shows I want to use as an example here of show, and I'm not going to say Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is the most popular example. But there are two mm-hmm. others that actually I feel like people who like Star Trek might actually enjoy quite a lot. Um, well, one of them they'll enjoy quite a lot. The other one I'm not so sure, but. Uh, they're both or they both were on netflix at least there's this canadian sci-fi show called dark matter and i'll warn you right now that it ends on the cliffhanger after it gets cancelled on a cliffhanger they do i think have the writer going and writing like the ending or whatever later but uh either way the first two seasons of dark matter to me are excellent television like they're amazing the third season is kind of trash in my opinion but watch that show because they they have some of this attitude of like anybody's disposable so you are invested because you care more about the characters because you know something might happen to them mm-hmm. um, so it kind of naturally raises the stakes a little bit the other show is the Last Kingdom where man it's a Viking show on Netflix which just unexpectedly dropped a new season recently great show I've loved it but again they like they have a disposal their entire side cast is essentially disposable where you know if someone comes in like you probably shouldn't get too attached to them because something bad might happen. <laughs> But in that setting, which is kind of this medieval, not even pre-medieval, mm. uh, Viking setting, I mean, it was a brutal time, right? So again, I feel like modern TV audiences have got used to the sign of like, you know, this might happen to characters, and so I, I don't know. Um, I, I I kind of I wish that we could we could have a little bit more uncertainty.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of uncertainty, I'm uncertain <laughs> if anyone else has anything left to say. Uh, but uh, wh- I think this is a reasonable time for us to uh, s- s- go in and get our takes. One thing Stacey Abrams acts pretty well. She's yeah. like some people do cameos and they're like, hello,
3: I am a human with emotions. And Stacey Abrams <laughs> is authentic. She's cool. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I wasn't like embarrassed that we had to give screen time to somebody. <laughs> like, it was. It seemed pretty natural. Uh, well, and to- who doesn't
0: want Stacey Abrams to be president of Earth, you know? I mean, well, <laughs> I know there are a lot of people that don't, but not among us.
3: <laughs> no, not among us, I don't
2: think. And she did say that she, she like, she's, she's put a date to it as well, right? 2040 or something like that. She wants to be president by then. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, and, and I also, I, I read somewhere that, so she gave her preferences, Just big Star Trek fan, but gave her preferences yeah. for individual series so she said she loves voyager mm-hmm. loves mm-hmm. discovery but reveres dng mm. ah, i see. So. Did, did, did she I not, knew she did was she a big not i knew she was deep a big voyager fan. yeah so she didn't mention that that was she interesting. lost my like, vote you guys um, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> i don't know if discuss- if tng was the first one because you know i was someone that watched tng and went straight to voyager and didn't watch deep space nine yeah. I came. I looped back around to Deep Space Nine towards same, the yeah. end of the series, you know. So um, so she could have been one of those people that just kind of, I feel like she and I aren't that far off in age. I need to go look it up now.
2: <laughs> but, but that's a good point, Bill. I had the same, like, what's her take on Deep Space Nine? Has she not seen it completely yet? Or, um, I mean, how like can you vote more? for someone
4: if you don't know... <laughs> <laughs> You know, their perspective on Ducat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good Lord. I just I just looked up Stacey Abrams and the headline I see is Star Trek makes Stacey Abrams president of United Earth and stokes conservative anger. Good Lord, people. <laughs> Get a life.
2: <laughs> There's big debates on it already. So it's, yeah. Oh, Stacey Abrams is a
0: little older than me, but we would have been watching shows around the same
1: <laughs> I, be, I mean, age, the, like... the president of United Earth was not... It, it wasn't going to be Mitch McConnell. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: good, good
2: Could I explain Ndoya's behavior, maybe a little bit erratic? <laughs> I mean, he's
0: a good actor because he was able to feign total outrage at the January 6th insurrection and then completely you know, seem to forget that that happened and just, you know, go along and support whatever. Anyway, sorry. I'm injecting more politics. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Speaking of forgetting that ever happened, uh,
0: <laughs> let's go
1: into our ratings. Uh, uh, who's, who's got a, a rating for uh, this season finale uh, of Discovery? All right. I'll go. All right, Bill, you go.
4: Seven out of ten. It was. It was... It was fine. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, I I would split mine into two if I could. Where the good parts were like a solid eight or nine for me, but the bad parts were like a five. So I'm gonna come in with a six, but I think that's a little harsh. So I I, I just
2: I want this show to live up to its potential, personally, in my heart. I'll round it up with potentially less optimistic ratings and I'll go for um I will actually go for 6.5 only because the previous episode was so good and and it 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 really made me feel that this would go somewhere um it's not a it's not a bad episode like Will said um so 6.5 characters you thought should die but didn't I don't
0: think. <laughs> okay, I've decided I'm not going to let y'all influence me at all. I'm going to give it a five out of five because it was what I needed to happen in an episode of television while this world is so shitty. So I just needed things to be hopeful and to end on a good note and all the people to not die except for Tarka. And it was, you know, so anyway, I'm just going to give it a five out of five.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, I was going to jump in with a with a palate cleanser for you if you needed one, but I, 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 I think I'm, I'm on the... The same page with you emily i for for me it's it's actually uh, i'm gonna rate this one a 10 uh and it's it's kind of because of uh, like i'm for as i've discussed before for discovery i like put on my like uh my my it's the star trek rating system that i'm giving it or maybe a discovery <laughs> specific rating system but i i was just so impressed with how uh i just i this has been a mess of a season for me and I I was impressed that that we got to this this season finale where I felt all of those emotional beats in a way that I have not often uh, this season, and uh, I, I don't know I it it uh, it, it left a, a great uh, a feeling in my heart about the season when a lot of it was very bad. So I'm impressed that they were able to achieve that in this final episode. I. Uh, with that, uh, I think it's time for us to be in the end credits here. Uh, I want to thank my co-hosts, uh, Emily, Rudy, Notch, and Bill. Uh, it's great having like such a big population of people in our episodes. Uh, so uh, thanks, thanks for joining us for this. Uh, I want to also thanks uh, I want to thank uh, Max and Dinah. Uh, whatever y'all are doing. I hope it's uh, just fabulous time. Uh, look forward to having you again on, on the show in the future. And I uh, uh, thank you listeners for listening to our podcast, because I mean, it's just cool getting to uh, spout our opinions about whatever it is that we just looked at uh, to you. So thanks for listening. And thank you, Adam, uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Adam. Thank Good you, job. listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks guys. Uh, folks, Uh, so uh, also thanks to Jishnu Guha for our theme music Uh, it's just fabulous getting to hear that uh, close out each of our episodes and I want to give a special thanks to the species 10c for nodding a whole bunch as people talked about things they had no idea what (laughs) what they were saying but just pretending that they understood because it seemed impolite not to Uh, thanks everybody Bye! Bye!
2: Bye!